Hi everyone and welcome to this episode on the characteristics and formation of depositional landforms, including levees, floodplains and estuaries. I'll therefore cover what they look like and how they're made. I realise this is only audio but hopefully I do a good enough job of helping you visualise these three landforms. First let's begin with some definitions. These are all depositional landforms, meaning that they form due to repeated deposition of sediment. However, transportation is clearly also involved and I'll mention it several times. After all, if a river didn't transport, then there'd be nothing to deposit and therefore to create these landforms. Deposition is the dropping of sediment by water which lacks the energy to transport said sediment. However, energy is just one of the factors that leads to deposition. A floodplain is an area of flat land which is covered in water when a river bursts its banks or, as the name implies, floods. A levee is a ridge which forms on a river bank, causing it to be raised following repeated deposition of sediment. These are found most often where rivers meander or bend. Finally, an estuary in the river's mouth is an area that is subject to tides and where deposition occurs quite a lot. So let's start with floodplains. Floodplains are large, flat expanses of land that form on either side of a river in its lower course. The floodplain is an area that a river floods onto when the water level rises above the height of the channel. The river valley at this point is quite wide, yet another characteristic of floodplains. This occurs as meanders are responsible for lateral erosion, which is sideways erosion. This occurs on the outside bend of the meander, and due to this and the subsequent shifting of meanders, called meander migration, the river valley is widened. So although technically floodplains are noted as landforms of deposition, erosion is key. That's what creates a wide, flat area of land either side of the river. As I said, by the time the river reaches the middle and lower course, it is wider and deeper and will contain a large amount of suspended sediment. That is quite important. When the river floods after heavy rain, sediment in the water spills over the banks and is transported into the, into the water over the flat land, the floodplain. The final material is carried further and deposited as the water loses energy and the floods recede. As flooding is repeated over the years, layers of sediment build up, completing the formation of the flat area of land either side of the channel. This is why so many communities and entire civilizations have established themselves on famous floodplains, like that of the Nile in Egypt and the Euphrates in modern-day modern Middle East. The material deposited is alluvium, sediment that makes an area incredibly fertile and is good for growing crops and therefore great for farmers. As with levees in the moment, it is crucial that you understand that floodplains grow over time. Every flood means a new layer of sediment is deposited and so the floodplain becomes higher. So therefore repetition and increased flooding and an increased frequency of flooding is quite important. Now onto levees. Natural levees are formed in the lower course. Although you'll know levees from having studied them in, the in your classrooms, you may also know them as they famously failed in 2005 in New Orleans in the USA, the city that was battered by Hurricane Katrina, a tropical storm of Category 5. However, those were artificial levees, which were designed to mimic nature's very own. Levees are ridges which form on either side of the river channel, on the river banks. Their formation is a natural consequence of the flooding of meandering rivers, which carry high proportions of suspended sediment in the form of fine sands, silts and muds. As with flood plains a second ago, it is flooding again that is quite important to the formation of levees. During a floodplain, when the river water levels rise above the bank, sediment first begins to be deposited by the river banks. As sediment encounters friction here, and the river quickly loses energy, mainly because it's no longer flowing, it is deposited. 
This happens first to the heaviest and most coarse, or sometimes known as rough and large material. And this sediment, this material, is usually pebble-sized. So now we have material that has been deposited on both banks and is quite close to the river. The river, as rivers often do, will then flood again. And finer and lighter material, usually silts and sands, will then be deposited on top of or just beside the heavier sediment that I referred to a moment ago. This happens a number of times and there is a build-up of layers and so the levee gets bigger. This means that for levees to form, two things are very important. One is for the river to be carrying a large load and two for repeated flooding to occur. This bit about being, this being a repeated process as opposed to tall levees just magically appearing after a single flood event is especially important when you consider four mark exam questions which ask you to explain the formation of different landforms. It's the repetition of the flooding and the building of subsequent layers every single time that is so important to the formation of not only floodplains but obviously levees too. Finally, estuaries. An estuary is formed when the river meets the sea in its lower course. The river here is tidal, meaning that it is subject to tides and the influence of the moon's gravitational pull on earth. So when the sea retreats, i.e. when the tide goes in, the volume of the water in the estuary recedes. When there's less water, the river deposits, because we know that one of the reasons for deposition is low volume or discharge. Deposited silt then can form mudflats, for example. Another reason for deposition is that the velocity of the river water decreases as it hits the sea, kind of like you slowing down whilst running if and when you hit an obstacle. As we know, low velocity means low energy and therefore deposition. So not only does low volume and discharge lead to deposition, so too does low velocity. Estuaries contain several important habitats for animals and plants in this country and they have also been used for humans, for economic purposes and for building upon. As I mentioned in my previous episode, as you near your exams, you're going to want to reflect on your knowledge and understanding of GCSE geography topics in relation to exam questions. For landforms, it is relatively simple. For glacial, coastal and river landforms, be prepared to have any thrown at you in the form of a four marker. For example, explain the formation of a levee or explain the formation of a meander. There may be variations of these, such as ones which include a figure. For example, study figure three, it shows a floodplain and you're meant to use that figure in your answer. Or when I eventually cover meanders and oxbow lakes, you'll be told that one question may be something along the lines of explain how meanders can change over time. And you may have to discuss meanders and oxbow lakes in just one question. Very similar to how in a coasts question, you may be asked to discuss both headlands and bays changing over time, or things like that. In my opinion, there's no harm in creating a bank of perfect answers for four markers, which explain the formation of every single river landform included in the specification. This way, there's no way that you'll be caught out in an exam. That brings this episode to an end. Hopefully it's been helpful in covering A, the characteristics and appearance of some depositional landforms, and the sequence of formation of floodplains, levees and estuaries. Thank you for listening, and good luck. If you found this episode useful, you will find more episodes by searching for our new podcast channels. Search Revise GCSE and your subject for more podcasts to help you with your revision.